This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here. Coming up in just a moment, Senator Kevin Kramer joined us. We talk about the drought, some new information from the World Health Organization about the COVID jab that's shocking. So stay with us for that. Before we get to Senator Kramer, I first just want to say thank you for all the incredible feedback for our interview from last night with Hunter Pinckney. Uh, if you missed it, please go check it out on our social media channels. Very, very inspirational, very, very faith-filled. And it's just um, such a blessing to see how God is using that young man to transform people's lives and hearts. All right, earlier today, I had a great conversation with Senator Kevin Kramer. He stayed with us for the entire show because there was just so much to talk about. Here's part one of that conversation. Senator Kramer, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to see a big conversation happening right now across the great state of North Dakota is the situation with this drought. There's reports that uh, part of the Corn Belt in Iowa, it's the worst they've seen in 132 years. Governor Bergham last night was on uh, the flag and said, uh, I think we had 1,400 fires burn over 100,000 acres this year. So far, all of last year, there was just 12,000 acres. So I guess... What are you doing to help our farmers and ranchers with this drought and how dire of a situation are we in? Well, a couple of things, Chris. First of all, I can't make it rain, right? Um, as much <laughs> as we wish we could, we can't do that. Um, but the appropriate role for the federal government, depending on you know the circumstances on the ground, is, is multiple. But one of the good things that, that I would say that Congress has done over the past decade or so is through the crop insurance program, we do have a pretty good safety net for for drought, and that is for the producer that produces the the crops that they plant. I say that that specifically and that granularly because, of course, what doesn't get um, as good a, a assistance through a, the farm bill and the farm programs or ag programs, of course, are the livestock producers. So setting livestock aside for just a moment, um, we at least have that safety net in place. Now, when it comes to fires and, and natural disasters, uh, it's situations like that that, you know, right now we're really fortunate to to the degree that there's a lot of cash on the table that we've been able to get states and, and local communities to, you know, the kind of money that they need to make sure that they have the firefighting um, equipment and people and whatnot. Um, and and then in, in the recovery of damages after the fact, you know, there's always an opportunity for some supplemental, uh, some supplemental appropriations and things that, that again we would we would await the requests from the governor or counties, um, the you know, emergency declarations, those kinds of things before we would advocate with the White House and, and other agencies. Um, but but all of that's in place. One, one thing I can tell you for sure, Chris, is that first of all, Governor Burgum and Lieutenant Governor, and of course, uh, Agriculture Commissioner Goring, they've been all over it. They are they are just like they're the farmers advocate on the ground. There are ears, eyes and ears on the ground. We have regular communication with them. Um, remain ready to do whatever we can to advocate for the right things. We're very fortunate to have Senator Hovind, who's both on the Agriculture Committee and the Appropriations Committee. I, I just think having him in those, on those two committees right now is a great blessing. So we And we all work very closely together. And, of course, we talk to our farmers and farm groups. And, and uh, But it's not just all farming, right? It, it's it's a lot of things, including these fires. One other thing, and I know, you know you don't, you're not asking me to filibuster here, but um, we're also really fortunate to have a National Guard that has the, actually has the firefighting equipment, particularly those spectacular Blackhawk 
um, helicopters that that are able to do things that if we didn't have them, we'd have to bring them in from somewhere else. And so we, you know, we're fortunate to have a really good coordinated effort right there in North Dakota. Um, we just stand out here in Washington, ready to to assist where we can, where it's possible, and where where the requests come. I'm curious what because I was just at Medora over the weekend. And this was the big conversation was the was the drought. What are you hearing from producers? Okay, so what I'm hearing from producers are exactly what you just said at the uh, right up front. There, it's it's the worst they've seen in years, decades, maybe ever. Um, of course, it depends on where what part of the state they're from. Um, but it's not just as you know, it's not even just the far west. I mean, there's certain parts of the middle of our state that are that are you know well beyond severe. Um, so there, we're looking at a lot of complete loss. One of the things that I hear about, Chris, and I, it's almost dangerous to bring this up um, like this, but it does. what it does is it, it allows me to get more feedback from people that watch this. You know, we're hearing more from farmers about tweaks to the crop insurance program, like prevent plant, which is, of course, when they're paid for not being able to plant. Prevent plant is very good in a, in a big wet year when you never, when you can't get in your field, um, like just like a few years ago. But it doesn't work in drought necessarily because you might see a, a dust bowl out there in your field in, in April, but you still have to go plant because you can't presume that there won't be rain. Um, so I, I don't know that there's a lot we can do about that. I think we always have to try to put a crop in the field and uh, hopefully grow something. I do think that the crop insurance program could be a little more flexible so that you incentivize people to do the right thing and not create a perverse incentive to do the wrong thing uh, and prevent plan is one of those areas um, but but beyond that right now i think we have to see how this thing plays out and um, we do stay in close touch with our livestock producers because you know that our livestock producers have had a down cycle for a long time and they have lots of you know wind in their face faces as it relates to uh, the, you know, the, the value chain, the supply chain, as it relates to input costs, as it relates, obviously, to the concentration of packers and, and the price taking that, that they um, engage in. Uh, fortunately, um, we're, we are going to have finally have hearings on, on, uh, on price and on transparency of pricing for, for our livestock producers. That's been a long time coming. And we're just, we, John and I, Kelly and and uh, and several out here have been working on that for years, and we're, we're glad to at least get to that point now. The problem is throw on top of that a drought where where farmers may be forced to actually, you know, purge purge their their herds because they they just can't get the feed or the or the prairies aren't growing. Or um, the, the good news is there was a lot of hay from last year, but uh, but we follow every detail of it, Chris, as you can tell, and more importantly, stay very well coordinated so that whatever efforts we're asked to take we have the whole team pulling in the same direction. Yeah, I remember back, I think it was 2017, where they were transporting, you know, their herds to obviously get them fed. But now it sounds like because of the drought, it's so vast, it's too expensive it to do that. And so we're interesting to see. You, you brought up uh, the situation for our livestock producers. Is there any update on the DOJ investigation into the price fixing? So so it, it continues. Um, the good news is it continues. Uh, and, and actually, I'd have to say there's even been some somewhat encouraging rhetoric, I should say. And you, you never know much, Chris. Once something gets into the Department of Justice, um, it becomes an official investigation, and, and even we're not entitled to information about it. Um, it gives us not advantageous. But, um, but yeah, it, that continues. And I do think you're seeing a pretty serious effort right now by a lot of people into, into – listen, COVID, with all of its downside, 
as you've heard me say before, it exposed vulnerabilities in lots of supply chains, and not the least of which is meat. Um, being so concentrated in the packer side and the marketing side of things, when you consider that that there are only there are really four um, companies that that handle the the beef in the United States of America, and two of them are foreign owned, yes. and neither one of them really very friendly foreign owned. Um, you, you know, you you really do have to reconsider. Senator, um, I want to move on to a few other topics. Before we do, I got to ask this because Grand Forks just recently brought in a hundred million dollar investment with a company doing um, Bitcoin mining, blockchain. Did you and the Fed chair discuss anything about regulations around cryptocurrency? So great, thanks for asking that. We did not. Um, you know, we've had some hearings on the topic, Chris, but I did not ask him about it. You know, one thing about the chairman, he's he's pretty careful about um, avoiding the topics that aren't directly related to his jurisdiction. Um, but when you start talking about cryptocurrency and how that might impact the the dollar, the standing of the dollar, and I know this is an issue you've raised before, uh, obviously that's relevant to the Federal Reserve Chairman, but it wasn't a topic for today's meeting. All right, let's talk about this. Um, I'm sure you saw the news yesterday where the Biden administration was essentially saying, hey, because young people have got so much vaccination hesitation, we're not gonna hit our 70% mark, and yet now, You've got the WHO, World Health Organization, saying, hey, whoa, 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 let's put the brakes on people 18 and younger getting the COVID jab. Today, the CDC is going to have a meeting because the myocarditis is happening. Some teens that are given the COVID jab. Uh, Steve Holstrom had a story today about a 13-year-old that took the jab, died a couple years later. I've not confirmed that, but he said that on the radio, and I seem to trust Steve. So just your reaction to the government continuing to push, even colleges saying, hey, if you're going to show up on campus, you got to get the COVID jab. But now... WHO saying no and the CDC having this meeting today. That's been one of the challenges in, in a fast-moving crisis like this where, where um, even the, the responses are fast-moving and you see changing opinions and agencies going back and forth. It's all very confusing, but here's, here's what I do know or at least what I feel in my heart at least, and that is if you follow the science, young people don't have much to fear from COVID. And, and given that and given that um, that there's a lot of immunity that has naturally occurred. Why do we never consider that? I mean, I, I don't know, but I've heard from plenty of people who believe that the natural natural immunity that comes from having had the, the virus itself is superior to the vaccine. But yet we give no credibility to that in, in the, you know, the analysis of whether or not we've reached herd immunity. Who knows? I think we ought to do it. If we if we want to really get into, you know, mandating things, let's test all of these young people and see how many of them had COVID and never knew they had COVID. I tested positive for the, uh, you know, for immunity before I knew I ever had COVID. The, the only way I knew I had had COVID was an antibody test after the fact because I never had a symptom. My mother in a nursing home tested positive for the for COVID went two weeks into isolation and never had a symptom. So, you know, my sense of it is, is that we've reached herd immunity, um, you know, long before we exhausted uh, the vaccines. And we ought to treat people with more respect than, than what their federal government tends to treat people with. So I guess my question is, is our government putting profits over people? Because they always say, hey, follow the science, follow the science, and yet they continue to push yeah, the right. vaccine. Are they putting profits over people? I don't know if, if that's a fair assessment or not, it may, it may be um, there's not a lot gained by the federal government in this necessarily, but um, 
But what I do think is that there's a natural tendency by the bureaucracy and by government to CYA. And, and that in their minds, they're convinced that the only way to truly know that, that the world is safe is that for 70% or more of us to have received the vaccine. And I'm just saying that's, that leaves out a very large part of the population that uh, shouldn't need a vaccine, either because they're, they're young enough to, you know, to, to not have to worry about it or they've, uh, you know, they've got the antibodies the, the natural way. And I just, I, I, I don't know why the campaign is so fierce on one topic rather than considering the whole, as well as just the dignity of each individual and their private and the rights to privacy. Fair to say the government may not benefit from the profits, yet you and I both know how much Big Pharma gives to campaigns. And I guess maybe that's a better way to, to frame that question. All right, stay with us. Senator Cameron is going to stay with us as well, because when we come back, we're going to talk about also the tech tyranny in regards to this COVID jab, plus what the WHO is saying about even if you get the COVID jab. So stay with us. More coming up here with Senator Kevin Kramer. As always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back. 